Hey, Obsass Snacks, it's Chelsea back for another episode of the Sass Snack Files. This week, I'm joined by my friend Jessica, a fellow moderator on TSF Obsass Snacks, to go over a throwback episode. We're talking about all of the costumes of season one, our favorites, our least favorites, and all of the behind the scenes info that we could gather about the costume design, the color palette, and everything in between. Before all of that, I want to take a moment to remind you that you can find the Sassanac Files on all sorts of listening platforms, including iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, if you have not had a chance yet, make sure you head over to follow the Sassanac Files on both Facebook and Instagram to make sure you are all up to date on the latest news concerning Outlander seasons six and seven. And for the first time, I can officially say that Go Tell the Beast That I'm Gone is out there for the masses. I hope you are enjoying the read. Now we can look forward to all the news on Diana Gabaldon's next novel, whatever that may be. So with all of that out of the way, let's get into Dress to Impress season one. Hope you enjoy. bit of a throwback as it were <laughs> um like I was saying before I just kind of wanted to stimulate a little rewatch for everybody because we did finally get a release date for season six we're coming up on four months until the release March 6 2022 <laughs> it's crazy I'm so excited that we finally have a release date though and yeah um, I don't know what you thought, Jessica, but um, I was, me and all of my friends were kind of speculating that it was going to be Valentine's Day weekend. Right. And um, the closer it got and we still didn't have a release date, I was like, mm, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's going to be Valentine's Day. And it's not. It's going to be March 6th, which I'm really hoping, guys, is going to give me enough time to get caught up on the podcast. Um, I'm going to try really hard but um sometimes your mental health means more (laughs) than a non-profit podcast (laughs) for sure so um so yeah like I said I'll try really hard (laughs) um all righty so we both rewatched season one as much as possible um Mm -hmm. in preparation for this podcast but it's mainly just going to be fun just shooting the shit about all kinds of stuff so um no pressure, just friends chatting of a little Outlander. Yeah. All right. So, um, did you have an uh, like a costume that really stuck out to you that you want to start with? Um, I I just really like it when she wears all the shawls. Like the I knitwear. really want. I really, 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 and I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> really really want one <laughs> yeah I uh I crochet and I yeah. um so I don't know if any of you guys know but there's actually like an outlander knits pattern book. yeah and I have sorely been tempted to learn how to knit just so I can buy that book <laughs> well I knit the other night gave a couple of patterns oh did they yeah that's cool I don't know how to do them but <laughs> I, 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 I wonder if they're from the book or if they're um, new. I have no idea. I don't know that one. Yeah. I haven't, seen um, the book. I haven't looked at the book. Yeah. It's really... So the knitwear, I don't know if they do those like themselves or if they purchase them. But uh, I, t- I did notice that. on. I was like, you know, that's not on our list of stuff to talk about. But yeah, there's one. Did you have one in particular that like stands out? Because she has a lot of different knitted accessories I don't like the ones that just wrap I like them where they kind of like the shawls I don't know but they go down yeah yeah I, I don't like touching my throat so I don't think yeah. I would like it. yeah yeah there's one in particular that she wears a couple of times it's like gray mm-hmm. with a black stripe and she kind of yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. that one was really cool and there's another one it's kind of more like an infinity scarf type that's like big brown chunky yarn that hangs in front 
Yeah, I think that one's kind of cool, though. Um, but there's there's freaking lots, lots of knitwear. Like I said, <coughs> I've been tempted to learn how to knit. But I like I said, I crochet. So um, most stuff that is knitted, you can kind of do like a mock-up of it with crochet. Right. So, um, yeah, so speaking of like accessories, I guess. There are a lot mm -hmm. of cool accessories in this one, uh, in this season. Is there anything, like, that really stuck out to you other than, like, the knitwear? Like, I have a question, and there weren't yeah. a lot, just a few, like, the wedding, and then uh -huh. towards the end, they had, like, chokers. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is up with the choker? <laughs> like, as we know them, chokers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That, it was just... Um... Weird to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they really wore them back then. I guess they did, but it was just weird to me. I would assume that it was probably pretty, pretty historically accurate. Like I think they try to stick right. pretty close to what the everything actual looks, style was. Yeah, everything looks like it is. Yeah, there's um, I know that one of my friends. They're like, that's one of my favorite moments of the show. Whenever Jamie like takes her choker off in the wedding, like it's just so oh, yeah. so romantic. And I'm like, really, of all it, the things in that episode, that's what sticks out to me. <laughs> it, he did it so delicately, though. Yeah, he does. It, it's so tender. Everything about the episode is just, <laughs> it's really good. And um, it was funny because I was watching. It was like the middle of the night and. My mom comes out and I was like, well, you just missed the wedding. And she was like, oh, I did. Like, it's just everybody's favorite. Um, yeah. There were so many gorgeous costumes in that episode. Um, I was watching a documentary, not like a documentary, but like a behind the scenes thing about the wedding. Mm -hmm. And that Katrina's dress was 15 to 20 meters of fabric. That's meters so of fabric <laughs> like holy crap i'm um, gonna convert that yeah so i can because i you know we do yards i want to get mm -hmm. an idea of yard yeah let's see if i can figure it out that's okay 20 oh it's almost 22 yards Jeez, that's that's a, a lot. lot. I mean, it's it was so heavy. Fabric's really expensive. It is really expensive, and it was so heavy that they had to retrofit a golf cart for to fit like the length of her skirt, and then basically shuttle her back and forth because she couldn't walk long distances in it. And I was like, how practical is this, really? <laughs> Now, there was a part where, and she's just in, you know, normal clothes, the shawl. No, she didn't even have a shawl. She had the cloak on, mm -hmm. the brown cloak, with the plaid on the inside. And she's mm -hmm. running back up to the stones. And I'm thinking, how stinking heavy was that? And she's running up this hill. Yeah. That, that scene in general. Like, could I take a nap? It's heavy. For real. Yeah, yeah. well, in that scene in general, I feel like. Craig Nadoon looks so much closer <laughs> when you first get it and then she like runs forever <laughs> to get there forever. forever I'm like okay so does she have to run down the hill and then back up the hill <laughs> they didn't show you running the extra like mile but I guess it's Casey right. said I heard somewhere with the wedding dress that Kat actually sat as much as she could for scenes because it was so heavy yeah, they made like a special bench that would accommodate like her petty extra petticoats and bum roll and stuff. And I never really noticed how much more voluminous her skirts are with that dress. But I was watching the wedding and it literally like, so this is her body. Her skirt comes way out the back. Oh. And um, it's just so crazy to think that they had to do all of this special stuff just to accommodate this dress. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, so rewatching it this time, I don't think I noticed it before. And I've and I've watched it just a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, in the episode The Gathering. And of course, you know, everybody's up on the balcony, you're looking at everybody's clothes. Mm -hmm. 
That was Diana, correct? Yeah. I told him to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, wait, that's her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also her that is talking to Mrs. Fitz in that scene, and she says, Oh, you've got the place looking bright as a new bairn. And then she was like, Oh, is that the dress you wore to last year or the last gathering? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So funny. Uh, Casey said, yeah. I loved her outfit in the 1940s in Sassanac, the one where she looks at the vase. Um, and I did want to talk about the 40s because, like, yeah. the 40s are just an amazing era for fashion in general, I think. Um, I just fawn over it. And uh, I was actually watching a video the other day on like hacks for 40s hair hairdos with like victory rolls and stuff. And I was like, this, I can never do this with my hair. My I have way too much hair for this. <laughs> but yeah, did you have a favorite 40s outfit? Or anything I mean, that stood out to you? Her shopping outfit. I think it was nice. I love her blue coat. Yeah. Tora did a line, um, an Outlander line. They normally do around the new season. So I'm excited to see if they have a new one out. But I actually got their no, blue coat knockoff. Gonna... Huh? I didn't know that before, but I'm going to look now. I have yeah. so many things from that line from each of the different um, series that have been released. But my favorite mm -hmm. are these chunky booties that have like a fold over top and it's plaid in the fold over and they're dark brown. Oh, they're so comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so I loved her blue coat, but I love the little hat that she wears. Like just really mm -hmm. just everything. But honestly, one of good. my favorite. <laughs> you what? I don't look good in hats, but I like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would never I wear a hat, but I like looking yeah. at them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, let's see, there's one particular scene in, um, is it the third episode, The Way Out, um, when Claire is having the memory of her and Frank on the train station platform, mm -hmm. and they're both in their uniforms. I actually yes. really love that scene, um, just because I think I don't know. It's just something so iconically 1940s about it. I think they do such a good time of having these like very like you could place what era that is just based on the clothes. Like I think that's that Terry did an amazing job. Let's see. Yeah, really Hillary Granfield says I have Claire's riding jacket from Torrid and I <coughs> love it. Yeah. Um, my mom got me the um, brown like uh what's it called it's not a duster jacket but um like that claire wears in the 60s when she's visiting culloden mm. in um dragonfly and amber she got me that one but it's really cute it's got a plaid lining on the inside they do such a good job of making it like modernly fashionable but also making it very clear like what inspired it so that's what i love about that line right um, Let's see. Was there um speaking of uniforms, the mm -hmm. red coat, the red coat uniforms. I uh read a little a thing that never really stuck out to me before. Um Ron Moore made it so that the only red that people wear in season 1 are the red coats. Mm -hmm. That's it. <laughs> and I had never really I never noticed before. I don't know why I never noticed it, but yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah. For sure." A lot of brown blues mm -hmm. yeah. I guess um they did a a lookbook Terry Dressback and um Gary Steele uh they did like it, they called it a lookbook but it was like a hundred pages of just theme and mood and like colors that they wanted to use and patterns and stuff like that to create like the feel of the show so basically it's the Outlander Bible is what it is. But um let's see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's so funny that they didn't even really like do it on purpose, but um they said that it kind of just morphed into this thing where the underlying tone of the show like was grays and blues and browns. And um mm -hmm. 
that that kind of came out of the dyes that were available in the 18th century. Um, so I thought that that was kind of interesting because I had never really thought about it before. But there are very few costumes once you get back into the 18th century that have any sort of color in them at all. Um, yeah. So. True. I mean. Did you? So what was one thing that you saw? Um, I don't know if you had had it or not that you were like, where did Claire get that outfit? Because Claire just all of a sudden starts coming up with these clothes. Like she goes back in the 18th century and she doesn't have anything but the clothes on her back. Um, Nothing. Yeah. And then she all of a sudden just starts accumulating these clothes. <laughs> so in it was episode five when they went to collect the rent, she had like four or five different outfits. Yeah. I know they gave her that first initial dress, but did they give her all of these clothes? Because I yeah. know, like, you know, Laird's castle, whatever, but they still don't have that much. Yeah, I, one thing that sticks out to me is her dress for the gathering. It's a gorgeous mm-hmm. dress, and it's got these greens and oranges and and all kinds of plaid. It's very, like, autumnal colors. But I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a really nice dress. Like, where did that come from? Like, people don't just give up their clothes. So I guess they're under assumption that somebody died and Mrs. Fitz just has a closet of dead people's clothes that she, like, goes into. It's like, oh, don't worry, Claire. I can find you something. (laughs) You don't throw fabric away, so maybe. Yeah, I was just Hmm. reading. um, Well, never mind. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Spoilers. You You know. You know what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking something in bees that made me think of that that we're not going to talk about, but Jessica knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but yes, they did recycle clothes quite a bit. Uh, Nothing went to waste, whether they actually recycled the actual bodices and skirts or whether they just tore them up into scraps or reuse them to make quilts and bedding nothing ever went to waste because it was so expensive that it it was just unseemly to just throw it out or burn it unless it was beyond repair or use for something else so yeah I guess we'll just operate under the assumption that Miss Fitz has a closet full of dead people's clothes (laughs) to go along with the 40s to kind of stray just for a second uh-huh. My granny was in the 30s, and in the 40s, the the feed sacks, they made the feed sacks, you know, so they could use that fabric mm-hmm. to make clothing. That's oh. how my granny had clothes, because they lived way out in the country, mm-hmm. and they couldn't go to town to get things, and so that's literally how she had clothes. Yeah, So, wow. I mean, even in America, in the 1900s, they were doing that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know you were also saying, was it your grandpa that was in World War II and he was talking about One his of her uniforms? Husband. It was all wool and I mean, they had to, they spent hours every day cleaning their stuff for the next day. Jeez. Shining the boots. And they don't shine boots anymore. They're wash and go, you know. Yeah, the only thing, so my brother was in the Marine Corps, and the only time that they really spent time cleaning or shining their uniforms and and shoes and stuff was their, uh, what's called their alphas or um, bravos, because those are like the iconic Marine Corps uniforms that you think of, the dress blues with the white hat and the white belt. Um, So it was that's really the only thing that they took any consistent time to make sure was very shiny and very new looking. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's much more about practicality sake, which I suppose, um, especially if you were fighting in the, um, the Eastern theater of world war two in Europe, wool uniforms probably were pretty practical, at least in the winter time. Um, but my God, you think about how heavy that would have to be. Um, wow. Just, I mean, my, my, uh, I have my grandfather's Air Force uniform from um, Vietnam era, and it was wool. Um, so mm-hmm. that's something that has just in the past 
50 to 70 years, you know, gone, well, right. not even 70 years, 50 years gone by the wayside. Um, it kind of baffles me that it took that long, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, um, Ellen says, my dad was a Marine in World War II. He fought in Japan. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. So he was like uh, Iwo Jima and all of those. And I don't know much about the Western theater, but my brother is very, very well versed <laughs> in the Pacific theater. Um, anyway, so let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about kilts. Okay. So there are four different patterns that they came up with for kilts. They had each of the each of the patterns woven for the show, which like mm-hmm. I just keep thinking about the amount of money that must have been dumped on the costumes for this show to make it look so authentic. Um so they have the just the plain Jane traditional one, which is light and dark brown, which is what you see like Angus and Rupert wearing. You have the McKenzie kilt, which is the one with the bright blue stripe through it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you've got the Fraser kilt, which is the one that that Jamie wears for the wedding with the red and the yellow stripes. And then um, you've got the Outlander tartan, which is blues and browns, which is what Jamie wears most of the time. So do you have a favorite? I'm going to say the Fraser one. But, and I wanted to make earrings, but I have not had time. <laughs> I'm still going to try. I've I've watched how to make a plaid out of clay, so I'm going to try. Ooh. Fancy. When I have time. <laughs> yes. Maybe you will I'm have time for... someday. <laughs> I'm having knee surgery. I'll be laid up for weeks. Maybe I'll do it then. Yeah. We'll if you feel like it. Yeah. I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Fraser was yours. So you just like the the red and the yellow coloring. Yeah, need some more color in it. Yeah, personally, I I liked the Outlander tartan. Um, I liked the blue undertones with the browns. There's something like so earthy feeling about it, but it's just fancy enough that it's not like completely muted, I guess. Um, but I guess that the blue. They said they didn't really do it on purpose, but the blue that is used for the Outlander tartan that Jamie wears most of the time is literally the exact same shade of blue as Claire's blue coat in the 40s. And they're like, we didn't do that on purpose, but that's kind of how it shook out. And that's kind of when Terry realized that the blues and the browns were really like the color palette for the show, Mm -hmm. even if they didn't intentionally do it that way. Um, Yeah. I think it's fascinating that today we think of all of these really bright clan tartans, you know, greens, like, like Kelly greens and bright reds and bright blues and yellows and purples. Um, It wasn't always like that. No. No. And um, I know that even Diana wrote the this like the ver- the book version that exists of Outlander, they have these bright colors in their kilts. Um, but what they found when they were researching for this show was that those colors really didn't exist in the color palette of the Scottish Highlands until Victorian times. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why whenever we see the show, it's it's not exactly what we would expect as far as like color palettes and costumes and things like that, because we're used to like the Victorian era color palettes. But and that's something that was really fascinating was that um, Terry, Terry Dressback, she thinks in mind, this is just her um, musings on it, but she said she wouldn't be surprised if the idea of like a clan color or a clan tartan initially came from the fact that they used local plant life to dye their fabrics. And just Mm -hmm. because of the geography, naturally you're going to have some plants that grow in certain regions that don't grow in another region. So you're going to have plant dyes for certain clan lands 
that don't exist in other clan lands. So you're going to have purples in some where you have reds in others or blues. Um, so I thought that that was extremely insightful because I never, I mean, yeah, it makes sense when you think about it, but it doesn't really, uh, it, well, it didn't ever really click, I guess. <laughs> right. So I've looked up because I have Irish in me, so I've, I've traced mm -hmm. it. And it goes back to Scotland in like the 1400s. And I'm mm -hmm. trying to find our, I had a picture of it. And I think it has some purples in it. Does it? Here it is. Yeah, it's got green, red. It's like a bluish purple and yellow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so kilts in general, there are two fits. Um, there's the Thila bag, which is what... Um, traditionally like today we think of as a kilt it's the shorter version and then mm. we have the fila more which is what they wear in the show which is the big 12 yards of fabric that they could drape over their shoulder um, and use as an actual it's a plaid is what it's called um, so we have kind of taken the term and um modernized it and we call it plaid and that's what we use as a description for anything with that checked interwoven pattern but um, back in the day a plaid is just a, a swath of tartan that could be draped across the body um, so that's often what we see in the outlander show um, it's it's all basically one piece of fabric but for practicality's mm -hmm. sake they they drape it for warmth um, and I is there anything that really stood out to you as like, oh, that might not be historically accurate um, in the show? I mean, not to me, because I haven't like really researched it too much to see what it should be. <laughs> I mean, it all looked pretty good to me. I mean, there's some dresses I didn't like, which is just personal preference, but I mean. What, what dress didn't you like? I'm curious. Because so, I have a couple too, but. Galus had one on in episode three and it was kind of like, it had some pattern and then it had fur right here. I just didn't like it. I just yeah. wasn't my thing. <laughs> yeah. The very like first it. dress that Claire wears, um, it's like velvet, <laughs> like black velvet. Yeah. I did yeah. not care for that. Um, and then I was also thinking the shoes that she has to wear. I was like, oh my gosh, is this what people actually wore? Because how is this practical at all? It was like woolen shoes. And I'm like, in a particularly wet environment, you, that, I, that doesn't seem practical. Like, it seems like your feet mm -hmm. would instantly get wet. Right. So, um, that kind of stood out to me, but I think a lot of, what we see with Outlander is historically accurate, but also born out of practicality. Like these people are filming all year round and they have to, they have to keep them warm, you know? <laughs> um, uh -huh. So it's also hard to, I mean, they do it so seamlessly though, that I think, I think they did a really good job. Like you don't really notice anything sticking out like a sore thumb of, Oh, right. Well, that's clearly just there because they needed to keep them warm, you know? So um, hats off to them, yeah. I guess. Let's see. Somebody said Galus wore red shoes. She did. Yes. Um, that. So it's funny because Terry dressed back. She had like a whole, a bunch of period shoes laid out. And um, she had these red shoes that she had found, but they were so tiny that most people couldn't wear them. Well, apparently Lada Verbeek has really tiny feet. And uh, she just automatically gravitated toward these red shoes. Um, and we see them in the, in the Devil's Mark um, a couple of times. And I didn't notice them the first time that they show them, which is when they're down in the thieves hole, probably because it's so dark and you don't really realize that they're red. Um, but then you right. see them again um, as they're carrying her out to the pyre. And uh, I always thought that that was a good Wizard of Oz reference. 
<laughs> with the red yes. shoes uh time traveler like wish she could click her heels together three times and say there's no place like home <laughs> right uh, so yeah that was pretty cool Gayless's outfits in general are very evocative they're um mm-hmm. like you can if you don't know that <laughs> she's a time traveler by the time it actually comes out like you probably look back at her costumes and you're like, oh yeah, there was a little something off about Mm -hmm. her. (laughs) Just based on the way that she dresses. And, um, huh? She's a little different. (laughs) She is. And I mean, it's like, you're unsure if she's just quirky or if there's actually like something really off about her. Um, but I think, I can't remember where I heard it, but um, whenever she was initially going in for her fittings, um, there were all kinds of like costume elements laid out and uh, she would just put something on the wrong way, like use it. And, and then it ended up becoming this iconic part of her costume. And there's one in particular, um, there's like a, a fuzzy bluish gray shawl that she wears. It has this giant hole in it and it looks like it's just ratty but it's really supposedly like one of those that you put over your head and it covers your shoulders but she wears it as a wrap so it's just yeah so it's just all kinds of little things like that that like combine into these uh iconic costumes that Galus has that really just gives you this vibe of like something's off about that I think he was wearing that when they were picking things out in the garden mm-hmm. and I yes. said it and I said why is a hole on her back <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um yeah so it's really cool how um they gave her that freedom I feel like to be able to kind of create her character's identity through her clothing a little bit um and mm-hmm. I think that's something really great about Terry in general because I was watching an interview with Grant O'Rourke and Stephen Walters and they said one of the really Mm -hmm. great things about her is that each of the men put their kilts on themselves every morning and he said she really um, gave us the freedom to put our kilts on the way that we wanted to so each of us has a little bit of a different style of kilt going on um, and it gives a Mm -hmm. little bit of identity to our characters in a way Um, she's not like super anal like you're doing it wrong (laughs) which I cool jamie literally laid on the floor and started putting his on yeah (laughs) like okay i mean you almost have to with those that 12 yards of fabric like you almost have to lay on the floor and do it um i think really experienced guys could probably do it standing up um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think it takes a lot of time to be able to get to that (laughs) to expert level of a kilt wearer (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness I feel like I want to start coughing at any minute um, I'll do it Amy Puig says yes I heard that in an Outlander podcast um, Hillary Granfield says do you think the Wizard of Oz reference started with the books and the show just ran with it or is it only in the show um You know, there are a couple of Wizard of Oz references in the books, but it's not like a primary theme, I wouldn't say. Diana makes a lot of references to other works, like pop culture, literature, whatever. And it's Mm -hmm. they're all just peppered in, and some of them go way over your head because you don't know what she's talking about, um, and others are very obvious. Um, but I don't think that the Wizard of Oz is thrown in there any more than any any other type of pop culture reference. Um, I think that the show kind of intentionally went with the Wizard of Oz theme because it's something that almost everybody can identify with. Um, and the parallels mm-hmm. are kind of impossible not to draw. I mean, you've got this time traveler thrown into this this completely foreign world. And I mean... Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. Like, it's just kind of hard to pass over, I guess, as far as drawing that parallel. 
Um, but yeah, I don't think that Diana put the Wizard of Oz in her books any more than any other pop culture reference. What do you think? I don't think so. But I mean, I, li- I like the pop culture references, but mm-hmm. I think oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's part of what makes Diana's books so great is like literally there's at least one a chapter, if not more, like yeah. whether it's um, Claire calling Jamie. Um, <laughs> oh, crap. There's the name that she calls him and he's like, who's that? <laughs> She's like, oh, don't worry about it. Um, you know, whether. Oh. Yeah. Um. There's just all kinds of stuff like that. So, what? He tells him a lie. I'll just tell you later. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you later. I'll just tell you later. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's it's part of the series. I feel like for these twentieth um, century time travelers to kind of throw these references out at these eighteenth century people and then be like, "What? <laughs> Don't worry about it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a regular Bob Hope. Yeah, that was a good one. Although I don't know that that oh, line yeah. is actually in the books. Um, but that was know. a good one. Like it's it's little stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. In the books and the show that make it so good, I think. Um, I'm looking through my handwritten notes to see what else I've got. Um, so it took two to three weeks to make a principal actor's costume. One costume, two to three weeks. in this first season and that kind of blows my mind a little bit because they had to make multiple copies of these costumes because they're filming in such horrendous conditions that like to expect nothing to happen to them is just not practical so um yeah two to three weeks to make one costume which like and so you've got claire you've got jamie you've got blackjack and frank and then dougal and column um, Rupert and Angus. I'm trying to think like Galus. These are all what mm-hmm. you consider principal, principal costumes. Um, and then all the background people, they used as much uh, like rentals as they could, but they literally had to make all of the red coat uniforms by hand because Ron Moore did not like any of the colors of red that were available for rental. He said, that's the wrong color of red. That's too cherry red. That's too pastel, blah, blah, blah. He was very anal about the red. And if you've been in this fandom for any length of time, you've probably heard that before. Um, but that, that meant that they had to buy all the fabric and, and everything and make these costumes themselves. Um, so the expense going into that on top of the time and energy, um, man, it's just like, oh my God. Okay, well, I hope you're happy because we have to make hundreds of red coat uniforms now. Uh, hundreds. I mean, they yeah. look fantastic, but to be quite honest, I've watched a lot of like colonial period um, shows here recently. I watched Turn and I've watched The Patriot and um, just little shows like that here and there. I didn't really notice the red did you have you ever noticed that before like that you thought that the the uniforms were too like the wrong color of red no i just think he's being anal that's what i think i mean i mean i don't think anybody but him would have cared is how i'm feeling about this we would have said oh nice (laughs) yeah exactly um now i do get what he's saying about well their costumes just their uniforms look too new. They don't look lived in. And I do get that. Like you have to, they have a whole department in Outlander for distressing clothes to make them look lived in, which Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with that because that is one thing that I do notice in these period dramas when the clothes look brand new, like all of them look new. Um, So I do get distressing the uniforms, but I don't at all agree with like, they're not the right color of red. I'm like, okay, Ron. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Did you have anything else that really stood out to you that we didn't talk about? 
Um, well, some people commented when we were talking about the wedding about how much her boobs were just out. And I just. I mean, that girl, poor woman. Yeah. Like, um, out. Yeah, the corsets in general, let's be honest. I mean, that would be probably the worst part about working on a period TV show, honestly. Um, The corsets. It makes me wonder how they did this new season because Katrina was pregnant the whole time. So Mm -hmm. um, I know that they worked with her on on a costumes that would work to accommodate her belly. Right. But yeah, it does make me wonder how they did that because you know they had to take some creative liberties. It's it's kind of getting away from the historically accurate side of things whenever you do that, which I mean, you do what you got to do, honestly. But um, okay. yeah, it does make me curious. Um, oh, one one accessory thing that kind of did stick out to me um, is a piece of the costume that's called a stomacher. I don't know. Okay. Um, so a stomacher is that piece of fabric, that panel that goes into the front lacing of a dress. Um, mm-hmm. And I just felt like they did some really pretty stomachers, like really pretty embroidery. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a good way to accessorize um, for yeah. outfits that were, were meant for practicality. But if you wanted something a little fancier, you could embroider your stomacher. Right, and it's it's a smaller area and not the whole mm-hmm. shebang. And I did notice how um, Leary was missing hers when she met Jamie. By the way, <laughs> uh, along with a few other things, <laughs> she was missing. <laughs> morals, no. Yeah, um, morals, common yeah. sense. <laughs> Crazy girl. Um, Hillary says, I love the stomachers, too. Ellen says, I love the wedding dress, but her boobs looked like they would hurt. Ouch. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe she wasn't more anxious to get out of that thing, to be honest. Like, that just looked painful. And she doesn't have big breasts anyway. No. So, for it to stick out that much, like, that thing had to be so tight. Like, I yeah. was just expecting one of her boobs to pop out at any moment. <laughs> like, it may have at some point. <laughs> That's very true. Um, yeah. I mean, there is no such thing as, like, privacy on these shows or, like, you know, it's just. No. Um, no. Oh, man. <clears throat> did you have, so I guess we'll kind of close with this. Um, did you have a favorite outfit that you just, like, whenever you think of season one, it just, that's what, that's the outfit that you think of. And it can be multiples. If you can't make up your mind, we can talk about multiples. No, I just really like, I like the the shawls and just the plaid skirts that she did. Just mm-hmm. the normal day clothes. And I mean, the wedding dress Everyday was so outfits. pretty. But, you know, the wedding dress is whatever. You know, you wear it once and it's done. Mm-hmm. But everything else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is one thing about the wedding dress. I'm like, okay, they're on the road. What the hell happened to that dress? Like, where did it I go? Probably... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened to it. Um, I have a couple. I mean, obviously, I love Jamie's look. Um, the yeah. His woolen jacket that makes a makes a return in season two when they come back to Scotland um, with the like pewter buttons on it and his kilt um, with his sword and his dirk like just the whole shebang his brown vest it's um it's really cool looking so that's always I'm always partial to that um, but my favorite is probably I had a I had a tie. So there's a dress that Claire wears in the Garrison Commander that is mm-hmm. green and blue plaid. And mm-hmm. it looks so cool, especially whenever they have that shot of them standing down in the creek with all of this moss and greenery. And she literally just 
blends in. It looks like she came up out of the earth, <laughs> which is so cool. Um, but yeah. my favorite season one costume is the, it's a brown skirt with a blue bodice. And mm-hmm. then the stomacher is white with navy blue flowers embroidered on it. Um, I think that's my favorite season one outfit. And it's so weird because it sounds like such a simple dress, but there's something so beautiful about that combination of colors. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really loved it. Yeah. Ellen it says, nice. I like the boots the men wore too. Yeah, the boots and those bare knees. I'm not a huge kilt person, honestly. Like, I'll be honest. I've had this debate in past episodes. Um, I am definitely more of a britches person. But Jamie Fraser in a kilt. <laughs> Need I say more? <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Does anybody else have any other things, like pressing issues that we did not talk about that you're like, you did mention this outfit. The, uh, the whole idea of bum rolls just cracks me up. I'm like, really now? Like, you had to make people look like... like <laughs> it all adds to that hourglass shape, I guess, uh, that was so yeah. attractive in the 18th century. Um, but I also oh, think yeah. that it's part of its purpose was to keep it fabric from clinging too much that's kind of like for practicality's sake like you know because it was just horror if anything clung except for when it was supposed to like with the corset um right but yeah bum rolls in general are like who invented that like seriously (laughs) um i love the kilts with the boots amazing yeah and it makes me wonder, like, they all have these wool, uh, like, boot warmer type things. Like, they're like stockings almost um, that they wear. It makes me wonder if those were uh, one of those things that were born out of practicality or if it was, like, historically accurate. So just little yeah. things like that. Because, you know, they had to keep each other warm. And that's what Sam said. He was like, he never really noticed getting cold, really, because the kilt usually kept them really warm. And he would just sit wrapped in his his plaid and it would keep him really warm so um yeah yeah, I mean I guess that's good poor Katrina though I mean although with 18th century clothes they had like 30 layers of fabric so probably wasn't ever like terrible yeah Hillary says I thought the white dress that Claire wore when she went through the stones was an odd dress for her to wear I can't click, uh, was an odd dress for her to wear hanging around while she was on vacation. It was so clean and white, not the type of dress you would wear to pick flowers. Yeah. Um, I'm, it makes me wonder if that piece of clothing hadn't been so critical to the plot of the show, whether they would have put her in something different, you know, um, in the, in the books, it was a white dress, but it had flowers on it of some sort. It wasn't like a plain white dress, um, but it did have to look like underwear, like a shift for the purposes right. of the plot. So, um, yeah, it, it doesn't seem very practical, but, you know, <coughs> I had to do it. Um, I wondered if the man's stocking stayed up with just being tied. It looked like ribbon. Yeah, I mean, that's how they had to, that's how they had to do it, um, just with garters, ribbon garters. Okay, ladies and, and gents, if we have any, that's been our brief little exodus into season one. With that, thanks for joining me, Jessica. It's been fun. Yeah. All right, that was Dress to Impress with myself and Jessica, one of my good friends. I hope you guys enjoyed, and before we part ways for this week, I want to take a moment to go over some of the stuff that we learned, some of the stuff that happened over the past couple of weeks, because I have been out with COVID, among other things, so lots has happened. Um, We got our final release of Go Tell the Bees That I'm Gone. I am making my way through it slowly but surely. Also, we got the release of the Clanlands Almanac from Sam Hewen and Graham McTavish on the same day that Go Tell the Bees That I'm Gone released. 
We also learned that season six of Outlander will be premiering on March 6th, 2022, and we got the opening credits for that season. We do not have a new song, as some predicted, but we do have a new singer. It's a duet, and I'm actually really in love with it. I was not too crazy about the choral version for season five's credits, but I am kind of digging the vibe for this new new set of credits. Can't wait to break down all of the visuals that we got in the credits as well. We'll make sure to do all of that when Angela and I have our season six breakdown, our final predictions coming up at the midway point of season five analysis, which will hopefully be sometime at the end of January, beginning of February. So I will keep you guys posted on that. We are working on a timeline as well. She is attending the Outlandish Vancouver event in Seattle. So we are wanting to do a event after she gets back so that if she gets any little tidbits in there, we can discuss those as well. I'm hoping that there's going to be some cast appearances as we get closer to the premiere of the season. I know that Sam has a new movie he's filming about the first trek up Mount Everest, and that will be taking up most of his time in January and February. So I don't know how much press he'll be doing, but if they do have the big press events like they normally do in New York around the time of the release, I have it in my mind to try to get up there. So I will let you guys know for sure one way or the other if that looks like it's going to happen. I'm definitely doing our uh, season six predictions event at the end of January, beginning of February. So make sure to follow the Sassanac Files on social media. We are on both Facebook and Instagram for any updates on that. With all of that out of the way, I'm going to sign off for this week. Make sure to join me next week as I start my trek through season five as we start our mad dash towards the season six premiere. So I'm going to try to get season five in as best I can. Hope you guys will stick with me. And until next week when I'm talking about the fiery cross, I'm going to sign off. You guys stay safe out there and I will chat at you later. Bye. Bye.